0: Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now, your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Sweeney, here with my co host, Kristen Padilla. And this week on the show, we'll talk with three alumni each of whom has traveled on a unique ministry journey since leaving Divinity Hall, but all of whom are now teaching at Highlands College in Birmingham, a Bible school and practical ministry training institute. Before we listen to their stories, let me say a few words about happenings at Beeson. Our spring semester convocation service is today, January 25. It will launch our new chapel series on art and beauty in the Bible as our own Dr. Alan Ross will preach today on the beauty of God from Isaiah 48. You're welcome to attend chapel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. in Hodges Chapel or online at BeesonDivinity.com live. Our final preview day of the year is Friday, February 4. Those who come will learn all about Beeson Divinity School, hear from faculty, staff, and students and get their Beeson application fees waived. So if you or someone you know wants to learn more about us, they can register at Beesondivinity.com slash Preview Day. All right, Kristen, let's dive right in. Will you please tell us a little bit about today's esteemed guests?
1: I sure will, Doug, and hello, everyone. It is going to be a fun episode with these three friends on the show. We have uh, Chris Hanna who is Professor of Theological Studies at Highlands College and serves as a pastor at Church of the Highlands here in Birmingham. We also have Eric Parker, who is an Assistant Professor of Theological Studies at Highlands College, and Trey Johnson, who is an Associate Professor of Biblical Studies at Highlands College. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Well, podcast listeners, these 3 men were at the Divinity School recently and in my office and we had such a fun conversation that I thought that we needed to get them on the show to tell about their ministry and what God is doing in their lives and even just to learn about their friendship. But I want to begin as we normally do by asking them to share a little bit more about themselves. I I just gave a brief intro about each of these men and so how about we start with you, Chris? If we we can start with you, Chris, and then maybe go to Eric and then Trey. If you could just introduce yourself a little bit more fully for our listeners.
2: Yeah, I'm Chris Hanna, longtime listener of the Beeson podcast. So ha- we're so happy to be on with you and Dean Sweeney. I am from Birmingham, Alabama. And I was born and raised in Birmingham, so um, I have not gotten very far in life from Birmingham. Still in Birmingham, I became a Christian at a, at a very young age, and. Um, Grew up in the church, my family discipling me uh, with wonderful parents. And then, um, it was probably in early high school I started, I discovered Beeson Divinity School and then, um, was, you know, the Beeson Media Center somehow found their way into my, uh, car. And, uh, as far as the CDs and tapes of, uh, you know, this was before the history and doctrine sequence. So it was church history and theology. And, and so Beeson Divinity School was the only, Seminary on my radar, and um, I knew where I wanted to go to seminary before I knew where I wanted to go to college. And so I remember when I was applying to Beeson, and they asked me, you know, are you going? Are you applying anywhere else? And I said, no, this is the only school that I'm applying for because this is this is where God wants me to be. And so after I became a Christian and then discerned a call to ministry early on, uh, Beeson was on my radar. And then at that time, I was attending Church of the Highlands and um, sensing a call to ministry. Um, did studied history and philosophy at UAB and then was an evening student with Highlands College. So I'm an evening grad of our, of the school institution I work at. And then uh, when I was 20 years old, came on full time at Church of the Highlands serving and leading in our children's ministry. We have a wonderful children children's ministry at Highlands. And then um, at the same time, uh, entering into Beeson and Divinity School after I graduated there from UAB. I have a wonderful wife, Sarah, and we have a wonderful uh, son, Beckham.
3: Yeah. Um, and so I'm Eric. I am married to Katie. Ten years now, which might be surprising because I don't look it, probably, but at least that's what I'm told. And uh, we have two amazing kids, Hudson and Elizabeth, that are the joy of our lives. And and I've been serving at Highlands College now for a little bit over a year. It's a phenomenal place to be, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. Went to Beeson, obviously, and before that to the University of Alabama. So I have a history of going to some pretty great schools and became a Christian when I was 13-ish, 7th grade, I think. And it wasn't until my uh, junior year of college that the Lord made it clear that uh, He wanted me to be in a life of full-time ministry in some form or fashion and called me to pastor, at least initially. And so I have been on that journey really ever since for the last 15 years or so now. And uh, most recently was pastoring at a church called Tapestry that I helped to plant here in Birmingham. So I'm really grateful to be on the podcast with you guys today.
4: I am Trey Johnson. a native of Baton Rouge, um, Louisiana. Married to Chantel. We've been married um, six years. We'll be seven uh, this upcoming May. Um, we have a dog, with her name is Gypsy. That's our child at the moment. And so uh, she keeps us busy. But nonetheless, just grateful for the opportunity to be on here today to share, accept to call the ministry at the age of 16. And similarly to Chris um, knew that God wanted me to prepare myself for the call of God that was that it placed on my life and in in college um, graduated from Birmingham Southern College and during my sophomore junior year just discerning what would be the next step um, for me to prepare for ministry and um, I only applied to one place um, I knew God w- was calling me to Beeson one online. Showed up randomly at a preview day in chapel on a on a Tuesday. I remember it as if it was yesterday and knew that that was where God wanted me to be. The only place I applied, other colleagues of mine in school, they were applying to different other places and they were asking me, where are you going to apply? And I knew God was calling me to peace and been in ministry for a while now and just serving in in both the local church and been serving here at Holland's College. This is my seventh year. I started as an adjunct um, and then just recently last month came full time at Highlands College. And so grateful for the journey God has my wife and I on and grateful um, for the part that Beeson has played and continues to play in my life and, and ministry.
0: That's wonderful. And of course, guys, we're talking here about how you're all professors at Highlands College and you all went to Beeson Divinity School. So that can sound a little bit academic, but I know that both Highlands College and Beeson Divinity School are firmly committed to the service of the church. And so before we get into too much academic uh, conversation, let me ask you to tell us just a little bit more about your passion for church ministry, and maybe first of all, how it was that you felt the Lord kind of tugging you into uh, full-time ministry to begin with, before you knew you were going to become professors at Highland.
4: See, um, pastoral ministry is such a high and holy, weighty calling that comes only from God, and I'm grateful for that, for the call of God that is placed on my life. I I believe pastoral ministry, for myself, just thinking through it, extends beyond a 30-minute message on a Sunday morning. I think it calls us to, in my experience, not only that, that is essential and um, vital for the church, but also... Walking with people, listening to people, caring for people. I've seen and throughout my ministry experience has been so essential. And I think it really impacts your preaching. It impacts your ministry, impacts the way you disciple. Um, once you have a, an ear on the culture, your ear to the hearts of the people in which God has called you to, to lead and to, and to pastor, I believe it makes your your shepherding more fruitful. And I've seen that just people and pastors, both men and women, mentoring me and shepherding me and discipling me, both my parents and people that I can think of, uh too many to name that have been a part of that journey. And so um, in my experience, just serving in the local church um, as an associate pastor and uh coupling that with my work at Highlands College, it's just such a blessing to see how uh, important pastoral ministry is and how does it shape my my life and how it continues to, um, to shape my life in building God's church and expanding God's kingdom here
3: on earth? Yeah, and I think for me, earth. I was in Thailand back in 2009 and I was spending a month there and there's a, a lot of, things that God had been doing leading up to that moment in warming my heart to ministry, giving me an awakening, spiritual gifts in me of teaching and counseling that I'd never had or known you know, before and deepening my love for his word. And I find myself in this months span in and amongst an unreached people group and living with a older Christian couple in their 60s. And, you know, they didn't at that time have a firm grasp on what the gospel was. You know, I believe they were Christians, they loved Jesus, and they were such a model to follow in so many ways. But they really struggled to articulate and discern what the gospel message was. And I watched that play out in that home. And as a 21-year-old, that just... Both of those realities burdened me so much because on the one hand, in the world around me at the time, there was people who had never even heard the name of Jesus. How that can be is unbelievable. And then in the world that I was surrounded in in the context of their home, you know, here was this couple that, you know, should have been discipling me in the gospel and they could barely articulate if not even articulate the gospel. And so the Lord used that to weigh heavily upon my heart to call me into the preaching ministry. At the same time I knew that was going to be teaching ministry. And so, you know, for me these two sorts of outlets are are not mutually exclusive, right? You know, I think it was DA Carson and John Piper who gave a set of talks at I want to say the Henry Center uh, a number of years ago, and it was uh, it came, became a book called "The uh, Pastor a Scholar, Scholar's Pastor," or something to that effect. And, and it kind of painted for me this vision that um, you can really be both, that the academy and the church don't have to be separated, that the academy can really serve the church in so many ways, and that some of us might lean one way or the other. And so you know for the last five or six years, I've been in pastoral ministry as a uh, associate pastor. And leading some different ministries and other churches. And um I found that uh to be able to help people the most required a great deal of thought and consideration of things that in some ways can be very academic and in their place needed to be very academic, but I needed to do that hard work so that I could be most pastorally wise in in the place with real people in real situations, you know, whether they're asking me about, you know, what they should think about their, you know, sister who, uh, you know, has same-sex attraction and is in in a certain kind of relationship and should they go to the wedding? You know, I've got to have thought deeply about a Christian worldview and how we should think about that as like, not just as someone who gets to you know, be in an office somewhere and never actually have to encounter that, but as people who have to go face their dearest loved ones, right? And so being in pastoral ministry has given me the real on-the-ground realities of real life for real people and what that feels like. And it's also helped me to realize that when I step into Highlands College, the people that I'm getting to lead and to teach and to shape and to pastor at a professorial level, they're going to be facing those challenges and more in this increasingly secularized sort of culture that we have find ourselves in. And so, you know, I don't separate those two at all. I think what I do in the church informs what I do in the classroom and what I do in the classroom in preparation for the classroom is for what I do and what my students do
2: in the church. Yeah, I think that's, you know, beautifully said when I think about, the intersection between the local church and um, theological education or even our own journeys and some of the things that we're sharing you know we've we've mentioned our titles and our our titles are helpful because they show our position and they help improve our employment but what's more important than our our titles in Christian ministry is a towel uh, you know Jesus said that true true spiritual leadership that our ability to lead spiritually is to de- is determined by you know our authority to lead spiritually is determined by our ability to serve and so I think it's that servanthood approach uh, whether it's um, serving youth or children or men or women in the church or if it's serving students in the classroom when I think of ministry I think of God using our spiritual gifts to help people in their needs in order to build up the church or advance the kingdom and i think that that's where the intersection has to meet is the giftings of the Holy Spirit in our lives and developing and using them to meet real people's needs without, um, actually helping people, you know, then it's just kind of a talent show and without gifts, it's just really a, a tragedy. And so I think God wants those two things to intersect, uh, and, and they're, and they're his gifts, you know, it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit it, you know, used through his people to build up his church and to advance his kingdom. When all of us applied to be some divinity school, you know, one of the essays is articulate your personal calling. And so hopefully Dean Sweeney would, would still let us in reading our, uh, our personal calling essays.
1: I think he would, which is a nice segue into just what I want to get y'all to talk about just for a minute before we talk about Highlands is Beeson Divinity School. Uh, Two of you have already mentioned that Beeson was your only choice, and then you all articulated your calls to ministry and how the Lord has been working in uh, just your pastoral ministry. And I know Beeson had a uh, lasting shaping effect on, on your pastoral ministry and um, even what you're doing today at Highlands. I also know that you all love Beeson. So I, I wonder if you can just spend a couple of minutes um, maybe sharing a highlight about your time here, uh, something that has continued to impact you. From your studies, maybe it was a particular professor or friendship at Beeson. So, Chris, you could give a couple of minutes plug into just what Beeson means to you, and and then we'll go from there to Eric and then to Trey.
2: Yeah, I'm so thankful for Beeson. I think one of the things that I love about Beeson is the interdenominational character and the evangelical um, identity. You know, by evangelical identity, I just mean Bible people and gospel people. That's how John Stott, you know, defined it. And that's the principles of the Reformation, Sola Scriptura, and, you know, the gospel, and Sola Fide. And so the priorities of Beeson really shaped me as a person. So when I think about who, who am I as a minister, who am I as a leader, um, I think I'm, you know, first and foremost a Christian, and then I'm a reformational Christian. And then I'm a Christian who learns from other Christians who are not like me, but at the same time, who have a deep commitment to God's word and to the gospel and advancing it. And so Be Someone was so helpful in that respect. I used to sneak into the chapel early in the morning and look up at the Apostles' Creed on the back wall there in the chapel, and then just work through um, a a J.I. Packer book um, on the Apostles' Creed uh, that's so helpful. Um, I remember one one of those early mornings, I'm getting on the elevator on the first floor and running into Dean George. And he had these huge, huge uh, headphones on like two that were too big for him, probably. And um, he he noticed me and he was going to, you know, say hello. And he said, sorry, I'm I'm listening to a sermon. I'm trying to become a better preacher. And I as a young divinity student, probably my first semester or first year there, you know, hearing that the dean of my school was trying to become better at something you know, there's just that spirit of humility, you know, made a in, in a very small moment, made a huge impression on me. So I think, you know, those things that the chapels, the chapel lunches, Dr. Padilla, who was my Greek professor, was a, was one of the professors who, who took me aside one day and said, you know, Chris, I think you have some real academic ability. And I just want to encourage you about this kind of theologian, pastor, pastor, theologian uh, mindset approach. And and you know, so the, just that that recognition, that affirmation, that goes a long way. And yeah, so I, I think those are some some of the moments. But yeah, I think the interdenominational character, just learning from the whole body of Christ. Each church tradition has gifts that we can share with one another, and each church tradition has gifts to give one another. And Beeson was just such a beautiful place to learn from each of those gifts and appreciate them. and. And uh, When I would have a question about a different denomination, all I would have to do is walk down the hallway and ask the professor that serves in that denomination. And so there weren't any room for straw men. You know, there had to be a lot of intellectual honesty and, and intellectual clarity. And so it was an amazing time to explore and to learn, but not just to explore and never find answers, and not just to question all my assumptions and never find anything that I can put my feet on. So I think Beeson gave me a place where I could explore and ask questions and learn from people who are different than me but at the same time provide a firm foundation of Christian essentials and historic Christian orthodoxy that um, gave me a lot of confidence in my faith.
3: Oh man, Chris, that was uh, that was so well said and really exactly what I was going to say. So I'll just echo that and say that, um, you know, Beeson did so much for me temperamentally and giving me an ecumenical spirit in, in the best sense of that word in the The uh, Timothy George sense of that word, and then I guess I would just highlight, you know, the availability that the professors had, you know, I mean, goodness, um, you know, Paul House, uh, I mean, I always called him Dr. House, but in this setting, I'll call them by their first and last name. Paul House uh, spent so much time with me and, you know, he worked so hard. But he never failed if I knocked on his door without a appointment or anything else to stop what he was doing and show genuine concern, have a conversation with me. And you know, he was just um there in so many ways as a as a mentor without dunno I don't even think he was trying to be a mentor, but just always departing wisdom into uh my life and just so grateful I think about uh Osvaldo Padilla, who, you know, like you after turning in a, maybe a Greek three paper on Colossians said, Hey, I think you have some potential here to possibly pursue some PhD work, you know, something for you to think about. And, and that was something that I had wanted to do, but I I was told by mentors that you should probably not do it unless the professor tells you that you should consider it. And so there was this moment of affirmation and telling me that I had the ability, the potential to do more, um, you know, in the future. And that was so important for my confidence. And yeah, I think about, you know, Sydney Park who my very first semester of biblical interpretation gives me back a paper that I wrote and it had an A on it. And at the same time she wrote a comment saying that she expected more from me. And, you know, some people would take that the wrong way and be somewhat you know frustrated or turned off by that. But to me, that was her calling me to a higher play and like calling excellence out of me and saying that I know that you can be more and so it was this weird thing of getting an A and yet saying hey like you know you can do more I know that you can do more you know I could just keep going with professors you know Frank Philman, um, who always had positive encouraging feedback on the assignments that we did and um, was always open to questions or concerns and I mean just uh, the professors were unbelievable and that they were such high caliber professors, you know, intellectuals, academics who were pastoral at the same time. I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the top in their field in Pauline studies or in Old Testament. And yet they were so down to earth pastoral, all of them serving in the local church and, you know, very practical And this beautiful mixture of both. And, and I think that imparted to me the same sort of Passionate pursuit of bringing those two worlds together, and what I'm trying to do now at Highlands College is that very same thing.
4: And I, I would echo everything Eric and Chris mentioned as well. Um, as I think about Beeson and the impact it has had and continues to have on my life and ministry, um, number one, the incarnational approach to learning, key and important for me, even in choosing. Uh, where I wanted to study also I would say um I would say the interdenominational setting um as Chris mentioned earlier able to learn and grow from those who um are a part of a are of of a different regiment as Dr. Dorsett often said um one are you know we're part of different um regiments but we have one goal one mission and so that that continues to stick with me and I still have relationships with those who um serve in different denominations um we have one one call, one cause, and so I'm grateful for that but also um both Chris and Eric mentioned this being able to study some of the some under some of the best men and women of God who are scholar pa- scholars pastors theologians um there are many that I could mention from Dr. Smith who would stay later in the evening to make sure I'm praying and grasping what the text is saying and um intentional, intentional in his heart and connecting the head and the heart that continues to reverberate through my mind and my heart that um, Dr. Dorsett, um making sure that our souls are in the right place, spiritual transformation as we lead and as we pastor and as we teach, um, making sure that we have that passion that is first starts with us, and how we're caring for souls and caring for people. Um, Dr. Matthews, Dr. Jenna Dr. House, uh, Dr. Padilla, there are men I can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Outlaw, who who retired, all of those individuals, Dr. Park, who Eric mentioned, the, the list can go on and on of um, both men and women who who have impacted my life, in my ministry, my marriage, and what God has called me to now. And so, it, coming to Beeson was one of the best decisions that I've made in my life because my life and ministry is better, um, and I'm able to use those those tools um, that I've received and and continue to impact those that I that I pastor, that I serve now at, at Highlands College.
0: That's wonderful, guys. Uh, I want our listeners to learn all about Highlands College and what the Lord is doing there and what's special about Highlands. And I also want our listeners to know about Chris's doctoral dissertation, both because I've read parts of it and think it's wonderful, but also because there's a special connection to Beeson even in his doctoral dissertation.
4: Yes, man. What, what, where do I start speaking about Highlands College? Um, when I first came on as an adjunct in fall of 2014, and to see where the college is now, it's it's amazing what God has done um, in really bringing people together, as you mentioned, to supply the local church, right? It's simply not about just us coming to learn and to grow, but how can we prepare both young men and women to support? to impact the church both locally and um, globally for the glory of God. So spiritual formation, um, academic instruction, um, what does that look like to really be men and women of integrity who have a passion for God, who are challenged um, physically, emotionally, spiritually to grow and to go and make an impact in the world and to see them also the essential of serving in the local church, not just being a part of class, but also being in small groups and the impact that that has on our students at HC and to see where God is, how God is growing and how God is supplying and how God is providing has been such a a blessing to be a part of Highlands College. And this model, I know Chris and Eric will add to this, this active learning uh, model and the impact that that is having that recently we've Launched that and the impact that is having at at Holland's College. So those are some initial um, initial thoughts that come to mind as I think about uh, where Holland College was when I first got there and now to be full time and how God opened that door for that opportunity. Um, it's amazing. Um, leaves me speechless at times to see what God is doing as I pull up on the campus on, off of Two Eighty Grandview um, and how God is just. Um, it's a miracle, as many have said what God is
3: doing um at
4: Highlands College.
3: You know, our chancellor Chris Hodges, I think he had a vision in his heart for what we're doing at Highlands College that that is Highlands College now. And uh the vision really comes out of Luke 10:2 where he says that Jesus says that the Harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up you know, laborers, workers. Um, and that's really the vision of what this school is. And I think some of the unique things about our school is that he, in sort of the journey that God had him on, um, gave him a real vision for the uh, what they would call the academy model. So you look at some of the finest military academies in the world and you think of like a west point right and and um and at a at a place like a west point you know you're you're not just getting academic instruction there that's that's really important because you're going to go on to become you know you know some of those people are going to become obviously generals at, you know at the top of their field who have a lot of complexity what they do. But, you know, there's people who are going to fly airplanes or, you know, um, be engineers or uh, serve in IT or, you know, um, all kinds of really difficult, complicated. So you have to have the academic component, but the academy model is really a way of life. And so there's this regimen, there's a structure, there's this um higher accountability that you're not going to just know some things, but you're actually going to be a different kind of person than what you might would otherwise be if you just translated all of that into a secular place. So your your character is going to be essential. It's going to be raised to another level, uh your discipline, your mind, your abilities, um, and and then on top of that, in the academy, You're going to be trained to actually do the thing that you uh, that you set out to do. And then you're going to be placed. You're going to be placed um, in a specific job. You know, it's 100 percent placement rate. And so part of the vision for Highlands College is hey, not only are we going to train your mind academically, but we also want to provide, you know, Uh, hundreds of hours of hands-on practical ministry as a part of the program so we're going to uh, design it build it provide it for you to be able to do as a student So whether that's um, you going on our worship track, which we call worship practicum, and uh, in getting to sort of focus in and learn under the best worship leaders at the second largest church in America, Church of the Highlands, and actually lead for hundreds of hours by the time that you're done real life worship services in front of thousands of people. And all of that that involves, or maybe it's production, and you, you're leading this this production team, and that's a team of both paid and volunteer people that we call our dream team, and and so you're you're getting this beautiful pairing, and the goal is 100 percent placement, you know that we have this network of relationships both through our ARC network, Association of Related Churches, um, but then even beyond that, so that. Our biggest thing right now is not that uh, we don't have anywhere to place students that are finishing our program. It's that um, we have too many people calling us and saying, like, we have these open positions and we trust you and what you're doing there at Hounds College. We've got the vision. Uh, We don't have enough students. We don't have enough leaders to be able to place them. And so, you know, what we're doing that's so unique, I think, as opposed to lots of other Bible colleges, is that, um, you know, in a lot of places you know, you're probably, hopefully, required to be a part of a local church, but what you do and how involved you are in that local church is really kind of up to you, Um, but it is baked into our program, literally designed, um, structured. We teach ministry philosophy in each of the different areas that we kind of can, you know, I guess call it a major, if you will, whether it's worship or pastoral or, you know, um, youth or or whatever it might be, uh, students. Uh, We have whole curriculums built around those things, and then we allow them to serve in our local church under other leaders um, who are in the program as well and getting them hands-on experience. And they are moving from A to B to C in their leadership so that they can walk out of here, be placed, and um, already have basically two years worth of ministry job experience, if you will. That's, that's functionally what they're doing. And there's no other school that I know of that's offering a program like that where they're getting academically trained, but they're actually getting tangible, um, experience in the local church that is being guided and coached and built upon. So that when they're finished with our program, they're actually ready to step into a ministry role and lead with a level of excellence that they would not otherwise be able to do or at least have to wait a couple of years for. But on top of that, they've been trained by some of the best people in the world at the second largest church in America. So I think that's some of the unique things that we do and the passion that's been given to our chancellor, uh, Chris Hodges, the pastor of Church of the Highlands, and that I get excited about is I get to come alongside them and know that God's going to use them in big ways, and I'm just a small part of that. I get to be their professor, I get to be their pastor, and I get to watch them go and lead in these other congregations and be fully equipped to do so.
2: Yeah, that's that's well said. And, you know, Luke 10:2 is our theme verse. the The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so, uh, just like uh, Beeson Divinity School, um, we, you know, we want to train people to go and serve in the harvest. So I think Eric and Trace said that wonderfully. Dean Sweeney asked about my dissertation, so I'll, I'll say a, a word about that. It was a, an amazing thing to do a dissertation. I um, had a wonderful uh, dissertation committee, uh, Dr. Jason Dusing and Dr. Mark Divine. Got to actually do my dissertation defense at Beeson Divinity School. Dr. Divine hosted that there. And that was just a, a wonderful uh, thing to be there and to do it in that building. Because like Dean Sweeney said, uh, Beeson Divinity School factors very heavily in my dissertation. The, the start of the Divinity School, the challenges of, that Beeson faced, and then the characteristics of it. And so and in some ways, my dissertation is the story of Beeson Divinity School. But more than that, it's the story of Timothy George. When I went to meet with Dr. George and asked him if I could write a dissertation about him, he just started laughing, and I, I was like, why are you laughing? He's like, you know, you should write on Thomas Aquinas or John Wesley or, or Augustine, you know, someone who has some, some something to teach you. I hesitated, and I said, Dr. George, your approach to studying church history and theology is the wardrobe that students walk through to get to a place where they can ex- discover Aquinas and discover Wesley and discover all these wonderful works of the reformers and the ancient church. And so I wanted to study Timothy George, and and I studied him through the professors that formed him and basically wrote an intellectual biography of him. Some of those professors were like George Huntson Williams of Harvard, who would be some podcasts that has focused on before, and George Williams, the great church historian. Some of those people are like David Steinmetz of Duke, um, and through David Steinmetz, Heiko Obermann. You know, there's the Great Reformation Commentary series on scriptures, and Dr. George has often said that that would not exist without the contributions of David Steinmetz and um, his work on pre-critical exegesis. And then, uh, you know, wonderful people like Yaroslav Pelikan, you know, of Yale and um, his work on Christian doctrine and Christian creeds. And so, you know, Dr. George, um, you know, these people really formed him in his approach to studying church history and the value of church history for today. Um, you know, I love David Steinmetz says that uh, he has this great um, picture for the importance of church history, and he talks about you know spiritual amnesia. And he says if we if we forget the the past, we can't function in the present or plan for the future, and that the church oftentimes is at risk of spiritual amnesia. And so that's why that's one of the reasons why we need church history um, to make responsible pastoral and theological decisions in the present. It was an amazing journey. I did get to spend a few times with Dr. George and interview him, And but it was an amazing thing to spend two years studying Dr. George's writings and sermons and lectures. After two years of studying someone, there's gonna be things that I take away from that experience that are not just gonna be in my dissertation, but they're, but they're gonna be in my mind and in my heart. And I need to choose wisely who I study because that person is going to have an, an, an ine- inevitable shape on me. And so I told, when I met with Dr. George recently, and we were talking about my dissertation, I said, this was my way to get you to mentor me um, just through me studying you. And and so that's why I did it. And it was extremely uh, a valuable and formative experience for me. And it was amazing too, as Highlands College has you know started in 2011 and, th- and then we are growing with it, it was amazing too, to, study and carefully watch the decisions that Dr. George and others made at the beginning of Beeson's um, beginning in, in formation and development. And those things will help, will help factor into some of the decision making and thought process as we grow as a school. And so really grateful to, to learn from the people that Dr. George learned from like Steinmetz and Pelican and Williams. Those people came alive to me um, as I studied Dr. George and to be a student of Dr. George and to be a student of the professors that formed him. One of the things I love about teaching is I get to think about fun, complex ideas and then try to present them in a way that is easy for students to understand. And so every time I worked on the dissertation chapters, I tried to dive into, you know, these fun ideas about church history and theology from Pelican or Steinmetz or from Williams and how Dr. George um, received and in and embodied them. And it was fun to try to think of, you know, how would I explain these to my students?
1: Well, thank you, Chris. I remember having several conversations with you about Dr. George while you were working on that dissertation. And Podcast listeners, I must say that if you want to know about lectures and uh, sermons and other things that uh, Timothy George has taught or given over the years and follow Chris Hanna on Twitter, he provides such great content and we'll put his Twitter handle in our show notes so that you can follow him. Um, but I think you're the first and only one who has written a dissertation on uh, Timothy George. Chris and so uh, you're paving the way hopefully for others down the road. And we always like to end the podcast by hearing what God is doing in uh, your lives and teaching you. and I want to expand the question just a bit to include Birmingham. Given your work as pastors and at Highlands College, what is God doing in your life um, and or ways in which you see him at work in our city?
2: So right now um, our church is in a, a season of prayer and fasting. And so that's what God is doing in my life right now. The way that we think about prayer is that prayer connects us with God and prayer is conversation with God. And the way we think about fasting is that, you know, fasting disconnects us from the world, some other um, noises that we maybe need to, to turn down. And so that's what God's teaching me right now is, is in this, a season of connecting with him through prayer. And I think a lot of people in the new year are, are focused on their devotional life, their, their Bible reading their prayer, their intimacy with God. And so that's what we're in right now as a church. And that's, you know, we start, this is the amazing thing about Highlands College. Um, Every semester we start with 21 days of prayer at 6 a.m. So right now we're in 21 days of prayer, 6 a.m. during the week, 9 9 a.m. on Saturdays. Um, In January, it's prayer and fasting. It's prayer and feasting in the fall. I, I don't know that of any other Bible college that begins the semester with prayer and fasting. Um, so when we, when we did our orientation, we, we said, welcome to Highlands College. And tomorrow morning, you got to, get, you get to get up at 6 a.m. and come to prayer and there'll just be water bottles there. So I'm, I'm grateful for that kind of, um, um, prayerful dependence on God. And, um, and that's what fasting is, is demonstrates is our, de- it's just, it's just a recognition of our dependence on God. I think
3: for me and what God's doing in my life and, you know, maybe somewhat in Birmingham, I'm young. I'm I'm in my mid thirties and so I've got so much so much to learn about everything, about how to be a husband, about how to be a dad to these you know, the six and a half year old, four and a half year old. Um, so every day I'm feeling my need for the Lord in those things, very ordinary things, but those are the things that present themselves most deeply and urgently to my heart and mind, you know, raising up these children to follow the Lord and trying my best every day to both be a model and a teacher to them. What does that look like? I just feel so inept. And, um, and I think as well as a part of that, um, you know, I'm trying to form better spiritual habits in my life, you know, Um, uh, rhythms and um, rivers that I can follow. Uh, and, And so that's pressing on my mind right now, you know, trying to build in other things than just my daily Bible reading and prayer. Um, so I'm reading uh, a devotional poetry book by uh, Reichen, um just trying to slow down and thoughtfully meditate on um, God's beauty as it's been lived and said by others. Um, and that's also important for me because I've, I've recently just started my um, PhD at Southeastern um, Baptist Theological Seminary. And, you know, I'm reading a lot of a lot of things that are uh fairly heady and uh, and I can get wrapped into that and lost in that, and I can also create a divide between sort of the intellectual side of me and what might be probably just a more normal side of me for everybody else and And I feel right now in this moment of my life i'm I'm trying to bridge through these habits uh the contemplative life. Um, so that I'm a more whole person in, in both settings.
4: I would say for myself, continually being reminded to um, remain dependent on God. I um, mean, It can be so easy in the hustle and bustle of life and in the society in which we live to get thrown off and to get distracted. And so continually putting in front of me, reminding myself, remain dependent on God, remain dependent on Him. And so that's something that I preach to myself daily, um, that I remind myself of that. All good and perfect gifts come from above. And so I'm grateful for that reminder, consistently reminding myself and all of us should remind ourselves of that as as Jesus followers. But also, um, as I think about city of Birmingham, it's being around young people, I, I love being around uh, young people, and I see a hunger I see a desire to want to grow, inquiring minds to learn. And and so that's something that I believe um, the church can capitalize on, on those who desire to know and to, and to grow. How do we fill minds and hearts with the right thing? And so I see that, that hunger and desire for, for more and to grow and to uh, discover. And so we as the church, can we put the right thing? pieces together to really with the help of the holy spirit to pour in the right things into the next generation just remaining dependent on him trusting him and um as eric mentioned um, those daily rhythms i believe are so important and remembering that because i you know i was taught that at beeson and again another I'm, I'm still applying those things to how important spiritual disciplines are how important those sacred rhythms are in your walk with the lord um,
0: so What a great way to end this rich conversation with Professors Trey Johnson, Eric Parker, and Chris Hanna, all Beeson alumni, we are proud to say. Uh, More importantly, all three are ministers of the Church of Jesus Christ and professors at Highlands College here in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks, our friends, for being with us. We love you. Goodbye for now.